everybody. Welcome to another episode of Beer and Brands. I'm Matt Williams from Brand Federation, along with our founder and CEO, Kelly O'Keefe. We are coming to you this month from the amazing Bingo Beer Company here in Richmond, Virginia. It's an awesome place. You got to come check it out. And we're joined by the owner and founder of Bingo Beer Company, Jay Bayer. Jay, what are we drinking, man? Hey, this what's is, happening, this guys? This is the best okay. presentation we've seen in a year of beer this and brands. Well, I appreciate branding. that very much. Yeah, yeah. We'll put a little bit of effort into the branding of it. Um, <laughs> so um, we've got um, our starter home, 100% Citra. Um, hazy pale ale, very nice, um, and bingo lager, kind of our reason to be delicious American lager, very much in the spirit of, of southern German beers. Excellent. And then there just happens to be an Oktoberfest with us as Perfect. well here That's for great. additional enjoyment. Perfect timing. Fantastic. Well, we'll figure out why we have a third beer here in just a second. And Jay, we will be back in a minute to talk more about Bingo Thanks, Beer guys. Company. Yeah. Enjoy. Thanks. Thank you. My pleasure. Cheers. Cheers. All right, Kelly, so the mystery is solved. The reason we have a third beer at the table is because we have a special guest with us today. A very special guest. Who is Mr. Kevin Best, the yep. Assistant Vice President of Marketing and Branding at Virginia Commonwealth University. Thanks for being here, Kevin. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, I have admired your work from afar, but now I'm excited to be here to actually have a conversation about uh, branding as well as a wonderful beverage. So thank you for having Two me. of our favorite subjects. Beer and brands. <laughs> awesome. Well, in full disclosure, Kevin and I have been friends for, what, 30 years? Yeah, there's a few decades in there. Um, and in those 30 years, I've watched his career go through some pretty amazing chapters. Uh, he and I started working together at the Martin Agency decades ago. You went on to other agency jobs from there. You went to work in the marketing department at State Farm. You went on to lead marketing at the NBA. You're now back here at VCU. So you've done some pretty amazing things, not to mention running the Geico business at Martin. Um, so as you think about what you've seen in your journey through the marketing world, talk about what are your big takeaways? How has it changed? What do you take with you into your job at VCU? I, I think there are a couple of things there. Um, I, I believe as marketers, especially with MBAs and the, 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 the matrix of traditional packaged goods companies, marketers have complicated the business. Yeah. And one of the things that I learned uh, during my early days of cutting my teeth at the Martin Agency was to how do you really simplify a, a, a brand essence and also make sure the message truly speaks to how differentiating they are and how does that work, that message connect and inspire. And and that crosses, does that is that different from working for an insurance company versus attracting visitors and and spectators and sponsors for a professional sports league? Um, the the there, of course, there are differences by category. Yeah. But the fundamental principle for me has remained the same, and it, it was a mantra that I learned during my days at Martin that I still follow today and I put into practice, which is. As a creative marketer, our job is not to give them what they wanted, but give them what they never knew they wanted until they saw it. Yeah. And so you have to, with that as a, as a foundation, then you take all of the necessary product information, features and benefits and rational uh, nuances and how you go about your strategy behind your media channels and platforms that you're using. You bake all that in, but it needs to start with a form of inspiration. That's cool. So first is the big idea. 100%. Yeah. So, so let, let's follow that thread a little bit. One thing I know about you 
is that you are you are a guy who's about the idea and the work. That's what you're about, right? The yes. process is there to serve a big idea and great work. How do you how do you start from a strategic place to create a great strategic idea and then drive that through amazing execution, amazing creative work? No, it, it, it's you, you need great strategy people to help you whittle down to what the nuggets are. Mm -hmm. Because if mm -hmm. you don't have the nuggets of insight, then you can't derive the big idea without being without it being smoke and mirrors. Yeah. So you have to have the talent and the team thinking about how do you really simplify it and what are the nuggets that are meaningful um, that are going to make those connections and inspire some level of engagement or action. So you've got to have that level of, it goes back to the simplicity of it all. Mm -hmm. The best ideas in, in their core are the simplest ideas. It's interesting though that <clears throat> you're looking not just for a simple idea, but I know about your work and what you just said is you're looking for something that is not just cooked up in the outside world, but a truth about the organization that you can build around. Is that right? right. Absolutely. For, for Geico all those years ago, it was a very simple premise. It was a different way of conducting insurance in the auto category. It was very simple. Yeah. And, and because of the primary reason why, why people cared, it was to save money. It was, very, it was very simple in its ideation. Now, what made that special was how the team rallied around that simple idea and created iconic work. Amazing To, to work. tell th those stories. Yeah, amazing work, yeah. Now, you're doing that, putting into practice at VCU. You're wearing a t-shirt that, go ahead, flash it. You don't want to say unafraid, unafraid. unafraid. <laughs> Tell us what's happening at VCU. What are you guys up to? I know so, it's a lot of work. So we have launched a new brand platform um, that is, uh, I guess we've titled it sort of Uncommon VCU. And the whole premise behind that foundation is that uh, VCU is a very unique place. It is not like any of its peer institutions across the state. And there are a variety of reasons and rationale behind that. And we're choosing to take a very bold, authentic stance with how we message what our areas of distinctive excellence are. And so that's the premise behind the campaign and, it, the, and the, simpli the, the simplicity of what it's grounded in is the notion that as you think about higher education and you think about the healthcare category, it's a sea of sameness. And so we spoke to as part of the process, over 2000 people had conversations with you know, key stakeholders, leadership, faculty, students, alumni, prospective students, prospective parents, um, patients, uh, uh, medical professionals. So we talked to a lot of folks to really synthesize what VCU stood for. And what we heard that came through very clear was that in that sea of sameness, it, it's we, the metaphor I use is that it was like, a, it's like a barrel of apples. And you have a barrel of wonderful apples. You've got your Granny Smith's, your Red Delicious. You've got your green apples, you've got your red apples. Some are sweet, some are sour. But at the end of the day, they're all apples. Mm -hmm. And since our formation, we've been talking about Virginia Commonwealth University in the context of being one of the apples in the barrel, when the reality is we're not an apple at all. We're an orange. And we've never taken the time to talk about 
our brand, our essence, our authenticity to the traits of an orange and celebrating our orangeness in the midst of all the apples. We've always compared ourselves to the other apples, but we're not that. So let's take this opportunity, this point in time to talk about ourselves in a very distinctively different way. <clears throat> this is just so cool, Kevin, because as you know, uh, I spent a lot of years at VCU as a professor, managing director of the Brand Center, shout out to the VCU Brand Center. There's no finer branding school in the world, and there are no finer students and <laughs> alumni anywhere in the world. I retired a couple of years ago, but one of the things that, that I saw in your work that got me reignited was that it positioned us in a way, it positioned BCU in a way, that really said, look, you go to these other schools, and they're fine schools, but those are places where you go to join the ranks of the establishment. Mm -hmm. BCU is a place where you go when you don't want to sit at that table. You want to challenge the establishment. And that doesn't mean that they're teaching people to light up Molotov cocktails at BCU. What it means is that this is a place where new ideas are, are being given birth every single day of the week in medicine, in public policy, in marketing, in business, in engineering. And, and that's been a a truth of the organization for a while now. How did you get them to be courageous enough to, to come out of the closet and actually say, we're a different kind of school? Well, the, the reality was when, when I came on board with the assignment of to create a new brand platform, for me, it was never about changing the DNA of the university. Because since 1968, and, and even before that, there has been a purpose that VCU has served um, uh, the, the, the Commonwealth as well as the community. And so the specialness, the distinction, um, the accolades were already baked in. It was really about how do we take all that exists and bring it to the surface and tell the story in a different way that's not amidst the barrel of apples. And but, so there's and there's excellence already built in. But you've got you've got deans, you've got program <laughs> leaders, you've got faculty. I know how difficult they can be. I was one of them. You, you've got a, a lot of voices that that need to feel heard in the process. Was that a challenge? Uh, the hearing of the voices, no, was not a problem at all. It was really taking all of that and again, going back to my philosophy of simplifying the message and what is a platform that we could create that would enable us to elevate the brand, but also allow all of the sub-brands, all of the school units and all of the divisions to live very comfortably and authentic within that space that does not, so you can still speak about you know, being uncommon VCU or unafraid or unapologetic or untraditional, and then allow that to apply to the School of Medicine or Dentistry or Engineering or the School of the Arts or Business. So everybody has a home as part of this platform because it is talking about how distinctively unique and special we are, the expertise that we have, our economic impact to the state, you That's know, awesome. our research you know, 400 million. So all of, we're able to tell all of those stories as part of this platform. And it is, it is 
part of our DNA. It is authentically true. There, there's something really cool about what, what's, what's happening at VCU, which is that it, it, I think of it, whether you do or not, I don't know, but, mm -hmm. but do you think of it as a challenger brand? Which is, I want VCU to be thought of the same way we think of the best universities in Virginia, because it belongs in that pantheon of the best, uni best universities of Virginia, but it's fundamentally different. Mm -hmm. So the challenge as a marketer is how do you, how do you do that without looking and sounding just like those other, those other places? Right, right. But, by, but by fitting in over all of these years, we're not distinguishing by ourselves. You're not standing out. And so right. we have to act, we are, and we have to act like a challenger yeah. brand. Yeah. Because our, our aspiration is we believe that we are a strong enough academic institution that we should always be on the short list for anybody considering No question college. about it. Yeah. Always, the yeah. short list of three. There, there's a lesson here that I think is so interesting and important, which is that, that if as a marketer, when you start, if you start with something that is true about your brand, about your company, about your organization, and you can interpret that truth in a way that can kind of give it new energy, give it new visibility, but never depart from the authenticity of that truth, you can be onto something really, really important. Rather than saying, what is everybody else doing and how do I do something more like that so I can fit in with them? Or what does my target audience want and mm -hmm. how do I take that in and try to give that back to them? Start with something that's true about who you are and then interpret that in a way you know will connect with your audience. And, and that's what's special and opportunistic about what we have just launched. And the way in which we did that was in a very untraditional way. We didn't launch with a press release and an ad campaign. Right. We decided to launch the platform in an experiential way, sort of on campus with students at convocation, first day of classes on the health campus for their block party at Rams Fest over at, uh, by the Sportsbacker Stadium and the Diamond mm -hmm. to allow those that live the brand, that love the brand most, to tell their stories about what makes this brand so special. And we didn't script it. They're all their own words. And yeah, it has absolutely. really blossomed into this wonderful storytelling foundation that is going to yield opportunities um, and, and different topics of excellence for years to come. Yeah, I love it. And I love the nature of the strategy is going to make it very, very difficult for other brands, the brands that you used to be trying to catch up to, it's gonna make it difficult for them to catch up to you in the way you've now redefined the conversation. It, 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 there are other colleges that just can't take the ivy off the wall fast enough and replace it with street art mm -hmm. to try and look like VCU. And I think they will be trying to do that to some extent because when you say college is not just about following tradition, college is not just about a time to have a resume, college is about a time to fully and deeply discover new truths, to challenge conventions, mm -hmm. to express yourself in the field of your choice and become masterful at it, and to be connected to the community, not, not ensconced in some gated enclave far away from the community, all of that is very attractive in today's world. It's attractive to employers. It's why we hire heavily from VCU. It's attractive to students. It's attractive 
the professors who think the way that you think. And that will be a very hard place for your competitors to go. Mm -hmm. It feels like you've almost flipped the equation from saying we want to be like you and, and you've got a long way to go to try and catch up with well, us. Well, well as, a, as a creative marketer, you know, we like our stories best when we tell them ourselves. <laughs> and so this allows us to speak from a position of strength because as we think about the landscape in Virginia, you know, there are stories that we can tell and speak to truthfully mm -hmm. um, that others can't. You know, we're the only institution in the state that's truly in an urban area with all of the resources that the greater Richmond area has to provide, from professional resources to the business community, to the arts, um, to you know, even the foodie scene and mm -hmm. its development. So we have access that other universities here can't tout. You know, we have a top notch, the top rated hospital in Richmond and its entire system. No one else can speak to that. And the heritage that is now VCU Health but prior to that was MCV, you know, we have that heritage that others can't speak to. We are an access university. So we're not excluding folks based on the ability to get admitted. We're looking to welcome folks into the, into the empire, the VCU empire, to be productive and to excel and to help us to create that impact. Those are all things that are fundamentally true about our challenger brand that we're looking to bring to the surface and tell the story. Yeah, and they're all unique. They're all yeah. unique. So, in a world of apples, find your orange, right? 100%. And tell that story in a way that only you can tell it, that brings your unique personality, your unique attitude, the things that make you special, totally to the surface. Kevin, cheers, man. Thanks cheers. for being it's with us. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Thank Thanks you for, for having telling me. us the story of VCU and your journey. Uh, we're going to be back with Kevin because we're going to have a couple other conversations. But uh, give us a second. We, need to, we might need to refill in the beer. <laughs> All right, Kelly, we've got some beer left. Kevin, we've got some beer left, so we're going to keep talking. And what we're going to talk about now are brand winners and losers, kind of a recurring theme that we've got here on, on Beer and Brands. So we're going to flip it this time. We want to talk about the losers first, or the loser first. And it occurs to me that a brand loser might be the game of football. And what I mean by that is, is there's been a lot of, obviously, talk in the news about Tua to his injury and, and you know what happened to him on the field with the Miami Dolphins. There's been a lot of concussion conversations over the last weekend. Really ugly stuff. Right, really, really ugly stuff. Um, and it's less about the NFL than it is about the, the threat to the brand of football. And if we think about it as a marketer, there's a product that is, that is being evolved here and it could be evolving in a way that could be very bad for the mm -hmm. brand of football. If only we had an experienced sports marketer who nearby i don't know. who knows about <laughs> marketing sports leagues and sports who do we know about that so i, I have a point of view you have a point of view <laughs> so as you know kevin worked at the nba for years and i'm interested honestly in your in your point of view about when you look at football through the lens of somebody who had to manage a product of professional sports mm -hmm. what challenges do you see lying ahead or today for football i i think the uh, from the macro perspective um, you think about sort of your pure marketing four P's. Uh, the NFL suffers from a, a distribution funnel challenge mm -hmm. um, because you have now youth uh, sort of specializing in a lot of other sports. Uh, you know, you, soccer and lacrosse and golf 
and you know basketball so so really focusing in and specializing on a variety of other sports that really weren't in play when the NFL began to come into its heyday that makes and sense. so their their funnel they're just worried about their funnel, baseball back then right yeah and then their funnel is being limited and really restricted and then on the opposite end you have sort of the business model of the NFL which is they are still the 800 pound gorilla in the U.S. domestic sports world, so they command all of the, the largest share of ad, you know, advertising dollars, mm -hmm. um, and folks are willing to pay that for that live, for that live sports entertainment because of the fandom, and so because they're still making money hand over foot, they're really not concerned about any dilution that's coming in through by way of the funnel. But as you think about the, the parents that are now raising the children that are specializing in other sports, there's going to be a, less of a willingness to endure the injury suffering that occurs into playing such a competitive, entertaining, but yet violent sport. Yeah. I mean, football's always been a dangerous sport. It's a contact sport. You're going to run into each other. But now we've gotten to the point where training protocols have gotten so advanced. And, and you've got these, these guys who are, you know, 300 pounds, 6% body fat and able to run a 40 and 4.5 and they're launching themselves at each other. I mean, people are going to get hurt. Yeah. They're, and it's happening. It, it makes you wonder, is there any way to stop this from being as violent as it is, given yeah. the fact that we're getting stronger and stronger, mm -hmm. bigger and bigger, yeah. faster and faster. And, and it's and a product that, problem. Yeah. And, and so the, those two pieces, I, I think because there's just an inertia um, of enjoyment of the way the sport as originally concepted is continuing, sort of that, that gladiators on the field yeah. competing. I don't know that there's um, a desire amongst the fan base to really change the essence of the product, but I think long term that makes for severe marketing and brand challenges. It it's interesting the risk that, that sometimes is hidden from organizations that are the most powerful within their category. You'd mentioned that about the NFL. And certainly they're huge and they're dominant and it feels like they shouldn't have to worry about anything. But then the largest retailer on earth was Sears. Mm -hmm. And the largest consumer electronics retailer was Circuit City. The largest automaker on earth, as a matter of fact, the largest company on earth was General Motors. The largest personal computer manufacturer was IBM. All of these companies have struggled. Now, some of them are IBM doing okay in another category mm -hmm. in services, but all of these companies had a point in their history where they might have seen change on the horizon, but they ignored it because they were doing fine. Is that a threat you, you have to worry about when you're dealing with a marketer who's a category lead, but also starting to see storms on the horizon? It's it's hard, it's especially in the in the in the seat where the NFL sits relative to revenue generation. They're making so much money mm -hmm. with their licensing deals now being more global, their sponsorship deals, their ticket sale deals, because they're still filling stadiums, sure, and they're overgrowing. So it's really hard to to put on the the, the blinders and really think about the long-term value of the brand as opposed to the immediate success in, in generating more revenue uh, uh, by way of fandom and, 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 and sales, ticket yeah. sales, product or otherwise. Such an interesting challenge when you're doing fine, 
to see the long-term threats that pop up slowly. Yeah. It, it, and it's more than fine. They, they, they yeah, are they're winning. Yeah, they're doing great, right? They're winning. Doing great. In a, right. in, a, in, a sports, in, in the sports category, they are the ones that are consistently more than double-digit growth. So they're doing more than fine. Mm -hmm. They are doing right. excellent. Yeah. So it's, it, there's no need to really think about um, the need to Where pivot. there might be points of and then, or, or the, and then how you begin to message, you know, to, to tell stories differently around the brand so that it remains the star that it is. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. The, pro the product is changing in a way that might have negative long-term implications, but short-term they're making tons of money. How do they manage those two conflicting big imperatives? Right? Yeah. It's, yes. one that, it's one that every leading marketer should think about. All right, let's talk about brand winners. Um, and I think we have one, not just in our own backyard, but maybe where we're standing right now. I would say no question about it. Uh, you know, this is a time I've been dying to talk about the city of Richmond. Yeah. And no better time to talk about it. We happen to be taping this the day after the close of the Richmond Folk Festival, which is an event that brings tens of thousands of people right to the center of this city to see at no cost to them some of the best world music to be found anywhere at all. Yeah. It's, a, it's a demonstration of investing in your community and Richmond has been the beneficiary of it. And I've got to do a couple of shout outs here because, you know, Lisa Sims and Venture Richmond, who sponsor this event, along with other sponsors like Virginia Humanities, Dominion Energy, CarMax, and, and many others who I won't remember today, help to give a gift to the city of Richmond. Uh, just incredible music. Did you get to see it? Yeah, it was unbelievable. So much fun. Thousands of people down by Tredegar and on all multiple stages and music from around the world. I mean, really, really, really cool. Just incredible. And you might think, okay, it's a music festival, but this is an example of, I think, a very well tailored brand because Richmond as a city decided to lean into its creative energies many years ago, guided by many people in the city. They saw that there was an untapped opportunity around creativity to really raise the profile of Richmond as a city. And as they did that, they understood not only that they had to talk about it, but that they had to actually do it. Yeah. So we saw more investment in, in the arts. We saw more investment in uh, even creating an uh, arts district with tax advantages. We saw more investment in the food scene, in the beer scene, like right here. And the results have been exactly what you would expect when you invest in a brand wisely based on con consumer understanding. The city of Richmond is on fire right now. Yep. The numbers just keep climbing. Economic development is going up, up, up. We just got the largest um, Lego plant in North America, over a million square feet. VCU at the heart of this community as a creative force is continuing to expand. And we're seeing companies clamor to be here more and more population is growing here. Uh, the housing values have never been higher. It, it's a great example, I think, of investing in the product, investing in your story, investing in your differentiation, and reaping the rewards. Yeah, I think Richmond is, Richmond is absolutely a winner as a brand. 
But I think you got to you have to say that VCU is a big part of the engine behind the growth of Richmond. Oh, one one hundred percent, based on its connections throughout the community, and as a native Richmonder that was away for twenty four years, and the opportunity to come back and be a part of uh, the institution of VCU, where I received my master's degree in communications, um, is no, nothing short of. Um, uh, abundantly exciting uh, to be able to contribute to uh, one of my alma maters in this way and, and into the city where I grew up. Yeah. So I'm very excited to be back. Yeah, and, and VCU contributes so much energy to Richmond and the kind of energy that the brand represents is exactly the kind of energy that fits into the kind of brand that Kelly is talking about Richmond becoming. It's creative, it's interesting, it's it's a little bit iconoclastic. It pushes against the against the status quo a bit, and it's what VCU is all about. Yeah, it's, it's the the intersection of creativity and and intellectual excellence, and to bring about those you know that that problem solution orientation to not just what you think of relative to creativity in terms of the arts and music and theater or the brand center, for example, but it's to apply a creative solution mindset to all the disciplines. Which enables us to operate on these these different level of cylinders across health into engineering into business into education even. Yep, that's yep. extraordinary. Well, we can't pretend to be unbiased. Guys. Uh, that's facts. Well, let's that's just facts. say <laughs> that Richmond is a brand winner. Definitely. Cheers. I'll Cheers. Agree to that. Yes, we agree. <laughs> All right, we're back with Jay Bayer from Bingo Beer Company. This place is amazing, man. Thank really you so is. much for having us. Beer is great. Yeah. Awesome. No, it's my pleasure. Happy it's to really, have you guys. It's really cool. So, Jay, tell us about tell us about Bingo Beer Company. Where'd you come from? What's your focus as you grow this place? What, how are you how are you thinking about the brand? Sure. Um, yeah, so I'm from Richmond. I'm raised here, moved away. Um, been in love with beer pretty much my entire life. I went to Germany as an exchange student as a kid, and I saw how imbued into the culture uh, beer was and knew it was something that I wanted to do. Um, my business partner, um, Ted Ucrop, and I were sitting down over a beer on a first Friday. Um, and he was like, you know, what are the things you want to do next? I've got a restaurant in the Arts District called Cezanne. Yep. Um, I told him about this idea, this um, idea of being able to have a, a beer brand experience that's more than just walking into a cavernous warehouse. That's something that allows you to really connect with the brand in some ways, like build lasting memories with the brand. Um, and we wanted to be lager focused in that way too, um, to make beers that were approachable, um, kind of where most of the consumers were, and that were so honest to what I love about beer, what my head brewer cares about in beer. Um, and we're just true to what we are. Uh, Bingo Lager was always the intention for that beer to kind of speak for itself and be what we wanted um, the brand to be about. Um, just a straightforward, well-made lager that you'd kind of see regionally all over um, yeah. so many European countries. Um, and then to have that in a space where you could come in, have fun um, with family, with friends, um, be here early, be here late, just kind of build some lasting memories of the space. That's cool. We're here early, we may stay late. <laughs> yeah, you're late. You're late. <laughs> Tell us about the space. This is a very unique kind of brewery space. So y'all probably can't see this. You can see the bar, you can see the, the tables around, which is really cool. But if you look over there, there's an amazing arcade with really cool video games and kind of carnival games. I mean, it's, it's cool. What, where'd that come from? Yeah. So what we wanted to do was 
again, kind of with that brand experience idea of being able to do more than just have the beer. Like, our beer is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be every day. It's supposed to be accessible. And what better way to be able to really enjoy that kind of fun than to have some games to play. A lot of them, the ones that really connect are the ones that you can compete with a friend on to give like a little gentle ribbing, like a little buddy-buddy um, silliness and fun. Um, but the space itself, um, I think it's really deceptively large space yeah. from outside. You don't notice how big it is. Um, this was um, a bank and then most recently um, was a bingo hall, which is where the name for the space came from. Yeah. We kept calling Wondered it. about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we kept calling this space bingo, bingo, this space. We're looking at another space. And when they handed us the key to like walk the space the first time, it said bingo. And I was like, that's kind of setting itself up for us. We also thought that you know, as you're looking at all those brands of beer on a long tap list or all those beers you're walking down a line of beer in the grocery store, that kind of that eureka moment of bingo, um, that it worked for us as well in a branding sense as well. Um, so landed for us. Um, it's a definitely different take on a lot of breweries. Um, we got about 4,000 square feet of space back in the back. That's all production. Um, but up here um, is all drinking, having fun, having some snacks, enjoying company. Just the easy things that beer is supposed to be about. Pretty cool. I love that. I love getting back to basics. That's yeah. Right. That's right. So yeah. Fun. No, I mean, that's, I, I do think um, sometimes in beer. It's done exceptionally well. For sure. We do joke. Uh, our, like one of our favorite jokes is that we think so hard about it so that you don't have to. That like if you want to nerd out about your beer, you can do that here. But if you also just want to come in, relax, have a beer, catch up, commiserate, congratulate, celebrate, whatever it is, you just have a beer and do those things. That's awesome. Now, where can folks out there find Bingo Beer Company? Um, we can always come to us um, and, and get bingo beers. Um, we've got package to go as well. Um, you can find us on Draft on um, a ton of places locally. Um, we're in a lot of grocery as well. We've um, tried really hard to get uh, bingo lager um, kind of in far and wide um, grocery set placements just as we were trying to build a kind of regional identity behind this lager. Um, and we're available throughout the state. Um, our distribution partner, Specialty Beverage, um, we work with them statewide. Um, so whether or not you're in Bristol or Arlington, um, wow. you should be able to find some bingo That's beers. Awesome. Well, the beer is amazing. The place is great. Thank you again so much for having us. If you're in Richmond, just drive west on Broad Street, just past Arthur Ashe Boulevard. You run right into bingo on the right. Stop in. It's terrific, Jay. So thanks for being with us. We really appreciate it. Kevin Best. Thank you for spending some time with us. Great conversation, as always. Um, hey, cheers. Yeah. My pleasure. And, uh, cheers. Kelly, I think that wraps Salud. up another uh, episode of Beer We did Brands. another one. We did another one. I'll drink to that. Right. Well done, Jones. Thanks, everybody. Let us know your thoughts. Give us a thumbs up. No thumbs down. Give us a thumbs up. And let us know your thoughts in the comments. And we'll see you next time on Beer and Brands.